Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are ghosts real? Several recent encounters suggest there might be more things in heaven and earth than we can dream of. So are werewolves just a Hollywood creation, or do half-man, half-wolf creatures really exist? Now, tonight, we kick off our Conspiracy Theory Month series, which was a... The legend of the vampire actually goes back for centuries, and it exists in some form or another in almost every culture. In fact, some people believe the first vampire story was in the Bible. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. That's what I thought anyway. And then in recent years, it turns out... The governments have been taking them seriously all along. Trying to clear up an ancient mystery with the help of a common veterinarian who says she can prove that Bigfoot exists. And he's related to all of us. New reports by pilots coming forward over the weekend saying they've had multiple mid-air encounters with high-flying, fast-moving objects. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of Celestial Oddities The Pong, pair of normal guys podcast, brought to you by Celestial Oddities Radio, bringing you 100% real and raw underground entertainment. As always, I will be your host, Freder Crow. And I'm your co-host, Daniel James. And we want to thank you for listening in tonight. Whether you're listening live, streaming after the fact, or you've downloaded it for your, to your device for on the go, we do want to thank you for your patronage and support. Just make sure you click the like, share, and follow button on whatever platform you're tuning in from, whether it be iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Spreaker, CastBox, Google Play, or Amazon Podcast, or hell, any of the ones in between that I might have missed, make sure you share it around, spread it to your friends. That's how it helps move us up the podcast community rankings, allows more people to discover the show, keeps you in the loop with new episodes as they air and gives you unfiltered access to our past archives. And that's not only for this show here, The Pong, you know, as we talked about deep diving into paranormal and supernatural phenomena, bringing on professionals within that field and doing shows like this evening's episode called Odd World, where we take on phone calls from listeners just like you around the world to hear your extraordinary stories of the unexplained and unusual or it'd be one of our other shows like Uncovering the Underground, where we interview artists from music to modeling, stars of the big screen, comedy, oddities, and everything in between. Or finally, our last show, Knights of the Nephilim, based upon esoteric science, occult doctrine, ritual magic, talking with and interviewing the biggest and best names in occultism, from authors to practitioners, ritual toolmakers and theologians, and deep diving into great ritual and metaphysical content. 
We have something for absolutely everyone out there, so enjoy. Jump back through. We have about 150-plus episodes at this point between the three shows, constantly bringing you new content. If you are new to the show, stick around. We, sh- we are sure you'll find something you like. We air every other week, Thursday nights, 8.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This show will run through the end of January and then finish up for the season, coming back in later portion of 2023. And then the weeks between, we have Nights of the Nephilim every other week, finishing also in January, coming back in the later portion of 2023. Now, tonight we have Oddworld. Daniel, has, has we always enjoy to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I got a couple people lined up. I want to hear their personal experiences in the paranormal and the esoteric, and then, of course, dissect it from my own metaphysical perspective. It'll be fun. Absolutely, and we don't uh, usually know too much about these guests before they come on. This uh, first guest this evening, her name is Kathy, and she'll be joining us from Florida. The only thing I know is it's a story pertaining to things gone wrong through using the Ouija board. And we're going to find out what exactly had happened to her and try to dissect exactly that scenario. So we're going to go ahead and see if we can bring her on the line here. Folks, you know sometimes with these Oddworld Oddworld episodes, things get a little crazy. So we're going to see if we can bring her on. I'm trying to call her right now. Hello. Hi, is this Kathy? Yes. Hi, Kathy. This is Freighter Crow from Celestial Oddities, the Pair of Normal Guys podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. Now, before we start, Daniel, can you hear Kathy? Yes, I can. And Kathy, can you hear Daniel? I sure can. Oh, we're cooking tonight, good. folks. We're not good, good, having good, 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 crazy good. technical difficulties like the last uh, call-in show. So, <laughs> Kathy, I had explained to them that you were calling us from Florida and that you had a story pertaining to an incident that happened while using a Ouija board and that we didn't know a whole lot beyond that. So, we once again, want to thank you for coming on the show. Why don't you kick off You know who you are and what exactly you experienced? Yes. Um, so my name is Kathy. I just turned 30 in September and I got married back in 2021. And this story starts roughly back in the end of 2014. I must say that distinctly because to give some backstory, I lost my daughter um, in June of 2014. She was 31 weeks stillborn. And that was a very traumatic time in my life. And I went, I went to a very dark place. Keep in mind that was June of 2014. Well, I started dating my now husband in September of 2014. And I also must preface this by saying that the paranormal has been a very big part of my life since I was a young, young child. Very many experiences, very many things that have happened to me. You know, my spirituality is very important to me. And with all the things that have happened to me, you know, it's kind of made me who I am today. So going into this relationship after such a tragic loss, um, I, I knew it could go either way, you know, um, My boyfriend was a very, well, my now husband was very, very open-minded person, um, even more so now, of course. But going into this relationship, I knew that he needed to understand how 
important the paranormal was to me. I would tell him stories and he would always say that he believed me. However, how can you 100% believe somebody when you've never experienced it yourself? You know, there's always going to be that doubt. Um, And so, yes, he would say he believed me. You know, I'd tell him all the stories from when I was younger up until that point. And he would say he believed me. Well, there's always that part of me that's like, I want to prove it to you. I want to show you. Well, one day we're sitting at his house and keep in mind, this is probably around Halloween of 2014. I'm telling him stories and I'm wanting him so, so wholeheartedly to believe me, you know, because in order for, I felt like in order for him and I to make it work, he needed to know that this, this was real, that I wasn't just making up all these stories. So I decided, you know, let me, let me show you. I go in his closet and there's a cardboard box and I'm thinking, okay, you know, Hey, this little strip looks like the size of a game board. Let me rip it up. And I wrote everything I needed to on the board, all the numbers, all the letters, the sun, the moon, the goodbye, everything. Yes. And no, everything that is on a Ouija board. I drew it on there with a black Sharpie marker. And then with the, for the planchet, we used a quarter well um he was like I gave him I gave him the lowdown I told him what he needed to do I told him that we always needed to say goodbye and as young and naive as I was you know I thought I knew what I was doing I told him no matter what don't take your hand off the board and don't believe anything it says well we start and I'm we're, we're starting with the basic questions. Um, is there anybody there that would like to communicate with us? It goes to yes. Um, do you have red hair, brown hair? You know, we're starting with the basic questions. Because I always learned that if you want to talk to uh, the spirits, you need to be respectful. Don't just go in talking about yourself and asking, oh, who am I going to marry? You know, it, it, I always learned that you needed to be respectful to the spirits. So we're asking questions about the spirits. Well, after talking for a while, I'm like, okay, to, to my now husband, my boyfriend at the time, I want you to ask a question that only you know the answer to so that you know I'm not moving this quarter around that we use as a planchet. I turned my head, closed my eyes, and he could clearly see I was not looking at the board. He asked a question. I felt the quarter moving. It answered his question, and he said, okay. It, It gave me the answer. It was correct, and I know that you are not you're not moving this. And I said, I told you I'm not moving this. I told you. He asked a few more questions to get validation. Okay. We were done. We said goodbye. All right. We were sitting there and pretty much it isn't fear that you have when you're messing with the Ouija board. It's kind of like a rush of adrenaline. So he just got the answers he needed. He was just mind blown. And he was like, okay, let's take a break and let's go back in. All right, so we go back in. Is there anybody here that would like to communicate with us? And we noticed this second time going in that the energy was a little off. Something was a little weird. 
Um, the first time was very slow. The quarter was moving slow. Our hands were moving slow. It wasn't a fearful type of energy. Well, when we went in the second time, it got a bit deeper. Okay, well, we go in and we start asking the basic questions again. And all of a sudden, it started spelling out, I love you, mommy. M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A over and over and over. I love you, mommy. M-A-M-A-M-A-M-A. And these, this quarter was moving so fast that we could barely keep our fingers on it. Keep in mind, you know, we're keeping our two feet, our four fingers, two hands, both on this little quarter and it is going faster than we can keep our hands on it. M A M A M A M A. I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. It even at one point started counting down and, and I don't remember if we said we made it say goodbye at that point and we, we went back in or if this was all in the same session it goes back, it keeps continuing the M-A, 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 I love you, mommy. So we're sitting there and we're thinking, you know, hey, what if this is, what if this could be my daughter? You know, I, I knew that you never trust anything on the Ouija board. You never, never. But in the back of my head, I was so naive. I was like, what if this is my daughter coming through? My boyfriend, he decided to ask out loud, how old are you? And it went to straight to zero, like as quick as can be straight to zero. And it stayed there. And he looked at me and said, not born. Well, I said, not born. So does this mean you were not born into life? And it went straight to yes. And at that point, I was like, okay, you know what, let's, let's get off this. Let's, let's stop. And we said goodbye. Okay, that experience right there was very odd. Um, I knew not to believe, but then again, like we weren't freaked out about it, about it. Um, because maybe we just, I don't know, we just knew not to believe it. Well, flash forward a little bit to a couple years ago. I'm on, uh, this is probably about two or three years ago, I came to this realization um, I was on YouTube and in my suggested videos, there was a video about a demon named Mama, M-A-M-A. And this demon is also known as Zozo, Z-O-Z-O. And if you look it up, um, Zozo is known as Mama and Mama is known as Zozo. And they pretty much work as being, uh, I guess, a gatekeeper of the Ouija board. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm thinking back to this time, this, this last time we used the Ouija board, it was my husband's first time and my very, very last time. We think back to this and we're like, oh my goodness, you know, Mama, n- we spoke to something called Mama that was not born meaning maybe this thing wasn't born. And what creeped me out the most is that this entity 
knew exactly what to say to me to pray on me. It knew exactly what to say to me to get under my skin. And it knew how vulnerable I was. So three months after I lost my daughter, it goes into saying, I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. M-A-M-A-M-A. It's just all too weird that this entity knew exactly what to say. So since that, since I came to that realization, it, um, it bothered me, it freaked me out. It gave me a sense that there are other things out there that are pretty powerful and we probably shouldn't mess with, but Hey, at least my husband's a believer now. Yeah, I would say at this point, he, he certainly <laughs> got an encounter that, uh, you know, allowed him to peek behind the veil and uh, yeah. see a little bit more of what's out there. Now, before I give my input on it, I would love to hear my partner Daniel's uh, input on on your account. Daniel, what do you think? Please. Yes, yes. So what I was going to say is I actually want to touch on this from a positive angle and talk about the concept of, you know, incarnations and hopefully give you a little bit of insight on that. And then I'd love for Freighter to talk a little bit about the demon aspect, which is where his expertise are. So first of all, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, It was um, very powerful. And I have to say, you know, I'm sure you've already been through this a million times, but I am sorry for your loss. And I appreciate you you being vulnerable to share that with us because this is a safe place for these types of things. Okay. Of course. Thank you so much. Yes. So I want to give you a positive spin on it. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book series called The Journey of Souls by Michael Newton, but he wrote a a trilogy of books that talk about the process of how we go through incarnations, and it talks about the concept of soul contracts and why we have a physical human incarnation, when we die, why we die, how we die. A lot lot of it's covered in those types of books, but I can give you a summary that I find I kind of resonate a little bit with your particular situation. Oftentimes, when we're parents and we have kids, when you look at the concept of soul contracts, when you are incarnated as a human being, you have what's called as a lot of agreements of things for you to experience in your incarnation for the sake of your soul's growth. Mm -hmm. And one of those things can be how your life affects your parents, your friends, your family, people who are close to you. Everything that you do and you experience will some way, shape, or form be benefiting the people closest to you in your life because your experiences are their experiences and and your experiences are their experiences shared Mm -hmm. and vice versa. We all affect each other very much in a cosmic way. Yeah. So sometimes I, I hate like people don't always like to hear this, but sometimes the death of our loved ones is actually part of our incarnational process as something that we signed up for to experience mm-hmm. uh, loss. And oftentimes when we lose a child or a parent, or, you know, vice versa, that, that that is something that it can happen at any age. And believe it or not, whether it's um, sudden infant death, stillborn, or, you know, your, your child passes, you know, at a very young age. From the perspective of your child, they, on a soul level, on a higher dimensional, higher consciousness level, they, they actually weren't children when they came into the incarnation, and they're not children now. And, and all of us outside of our physical life, as Daniel or, or, or Freighter, we all have um, a greater multidimensional identity. That is timeless. It doesn't really have an age. 
it's we only really um, linearize time and age in our 3D incarnations for the sake of what it's like to be a human here. So when we hear, when I hear that the, you know, p- potential, your potentially your child was communicating through the Ouija board, um, I would be prone to to assume that it it might not have been a malevolent, uh, mischievous entity, but it very well could have been your child, which would be you know a member of your soul family that incarnates with you and travels with you over many lifetimes, and it might have just been part of the soul contract for this child to not fully have. A full, a full mature life and be in your life in that way. But when when you lost the child was part of the agreement that you have to experience and part of the agreement of that child to do that for its family, for the for their sake of the experience of the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's a more positive way that we could look at it if that particular entity speaking through the Ouija board was your child. And that's why it did say that it wasn't born yet and it, and it did know that you were the mother because um, from the perspective where it could be speaking from in, a, in a, another realm, mm-hmm. it just is timeless. And so it never fully got the opportunity to have an incarnation here and grow up and get old and pass away naturally, but it did what it needed to do for as long as it needed to do that. Wow. That makes sense. I'd like to piggyback so, off that, um, Dan, because, you know, as you said, please that, do. You know, one of the things that there there are out there is, is what's called uh, pod structure or pod consciousness, where we do pick in a different plane of life. We do pick a series of people that we work together for a common goal of sorts that change certain things out there. And carnation after carnation or reincarnation, I should say. We come back with those same people in different roles in our life. Who's your mother in the last life could be your daughter in this life. And as you said, Daniel, I mean, there are roles that have to be played to specifically give what result is going to happen in this life. So as a predeterminist kind of lifestyle uh, in that regard, everything's kind of mapped out, but we have to experience certain things, which let's use, for example, the passing of your child, it would change everything for you but without that happening it would be a very different route in life that you would have so for some reason this had to happen to sway you a certain direction to have specific results not only for you but the rest of the pod family and pod consciousness that you share for whatever end that you're here for in this specific carnation. Now, that is one option that is very possible. Um, So I wanted to throw that out there. So as Dan said, that is a possibility, and it could very well have been uh, your child communicating with you from another realm. Now, Daniel, did you have more to add to that point? I know. I appreciate what you said there, and I also just have the same definition with a new name called the soul cluster groups, and these are beings that just like you that travel with us, we could have, you know, anywhere up to like, say, for example, a hundred people that are all having their own respective wow. incarnational journey. And in each life, they'll play different roles that will fulfill different purposes for not only their own soul's growth, but yours. And I, not that everything is so rigid and defined. So so please don't assume that mm-hmm. everything happens uh, perfectly by design in terms of like the way that it's laid out because we are free will beings and we can change things. But generally speaking, when we have an incarnation, we do agree to do and and play out certain paths 
for the sake of our soul's growth and the growth of people in our soul cluster group, or as Frater called them, like a pod thing. So I, I just would like to t- put that positive spin on it that potentially yeah. it could be in that when we do pass away, it's usually synchronistically divine timing for our reason. And the way that it affects people is a big part of that reason. And, and so I hope that helps. Yes, it does. And, you know, it, it's very strange that you said that and and almost comforting in a way that I needed to hear that because, um, unfortunately I lost my second daughter, uh, at six months old back in April. Um, so I, I just went through another loss with my six month old, um, who fought in the NICU her entire life. She was born at one pound and six months later died, um, at eight pounds six ounces in the NICU. So, you know, it, it, it almost brings me comfort to hear that, to know that there's a, there's gotta be a reason for it. Um, but I, w- I wanted to add that just really quick, just so you kind of give, get a little bit more, um, background of who I am and in that. So I just wanted to add that really quick. Cause thank that, you for sharing that. Yes. Wow. I'm really sorry to hear about that second loss as well. I mean, that's, you know, that that can go back to our point, which is, as Daniel said, is hard to hear that for some reason, maybe there was a point that you had to feel so much loss yeah. and sorrow. And, and, and it sounds crazy to say, but there's a few people in my life that I know that have experienced just unimaginable loss, that, that they've yeah. lost their brothers and sisters, their parents, their children. It's like everyone around them has passed. And you could say it's just a series of bad luck. You could say, oh, there's a curse on that person, this and that. But no, it could just be that for some reason you had to play the role of that person and experience that for some reason. And I, I know for a lot of people who don't follow the same paths as Daniel and I, that does and I'm not saying for yourself, I'm just saying in anybody in general, mm-hmm. sometimes you hear that and you're like, that just sounds crazy, but we do reincarnate. We do come back, at least through my beliefs and what I've experienced, and we do play very different roles. And what might be a very you know, seamless life in one lifetime, the next could be a very painful and sorrowful life, and you experience both because they both come with lessons and teachings that you need to experience, and how do you know it unless you experience it? So that, that is, brings me a lot of comfort. Yeah, that is that is one option. And the other option, and it's not to, you know, take that and then throw that to the wayside, <laughs> but the second option I would say that I, I have encountered with people, especially with my specialty being the paranormal side and the parapsychology side, um, it could have been an emanation of your own darker aspects of your subconscious coming out through the transmedium of the Ouija board interacting with you. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is you went through a lot of trauma losing your child at that point in 2014, and you had opened a gateway to energies. Those energies can actually also tap into the subconscious portion of your mind and aspects that you are, are holding back and traumas that you are holding back can actually then subconsciously manifest through ethereal power or through ley lines or through gateways and portals, um, such as a Ouija board, to manifest in this reality things of our own doing that we don't know that we are doing. Wow. Um, and I've given presentations on this before that sometimes seeing a spirit or a ghost, a full body apparition, or even having paranormal activity around us can be something external from us 
But what I have found through my research is a lot of times it is not something external from us, even though it might happen externally. It is actually happening internally within our psyche and mind, projecting outwards, causing a manifestation to happen in front of us, which is nonetheless you know, still shocking. It's nonetheless amazing and, and, and paranormal and, and phenomena, but it's not like it's an individual spirit outside of us. So what I'm getting at is obviously the loss of your child and tapping into this could have actually caused the manifestation of mama and I love you and, and zero and haven't been born because these are things that you're thinking and maybe dwelling on without you realizing um, because that's trauma that anyone's going to experience. And even as much as you try to process it, you can never fully process it on a regular <laughs> level. Um, so yeah. it was your own way of making yourself deal with it in one regard. And that's a, that's a second option. Yeah. And then you could go with the last option that it was a demon of some sort. I mean, <laughs> Now, with that See, being said, I, that's that's what I want to hear is, that, you know, what do you what do you think about that? Because we have all these options and it could have very well, you know, been either of those. Uh, but the thought of it being a demon is what has creeped me out for the past couple of years. So what I would say, and I'm a specialist in demonology and, and, and like I said, the paranormal side is my is my aspect of things. And I actually am an occultist and work heavily with spirits of all kinds of natures. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are demonic spirits, not demonic, but demonic. And yep. um, Zozo has come across a lot of times people do say that they've tapped into this consciousness that has, has come through mediums like the Ouija board. And it, I've also seen things before where people have connected dots to say that Zozo is Ashmodai or what you would know as Asmodeus. I don't necessarily believe that's true because one of the spirits I do work pretty consistently with and has have for years is Asmodeus. And I've never had any indication of Zozo coming up, though. It could be some exterior form of, of Asmodeus. But if it came across, and let's say in this case it is something of a different nature, as you said, it could be a gatekeeper. It could be someone that controls whether or not paranormal phenomena come through through that board. And sometimes it lets spirits come through on its own. Sometimes it interacts with you. And the thing with the astral world or the ethereal world is everything happens there before it happens here so what we don't understand is is we think they're together as one world or they're separate and they're their own thing but they're very much interlinked but separate so it's kind of a little bit of both and the spirits of that world are going to know everything about you they they can see not necessarily inside your mind though they can do that they know what's happened because on the ethereal plane they can read you and see what's happening to you on your ethereal plane so oh. they would know that your daughter has passed they would know these things and could transmute them through communication of the board so i mean that is a possibility any one of those three are possibilities no one can say in a finite way it's this or that but those are three things for yourself to dwell on is was it actually communication of your child um, in general? Was it communication of your child through a pod consciousness, which is you know people reintegrating in each other's lives over and over again? Was it the facing of your own trauma and dark night of the soul, which is facing those shadow parts of yourself subliminally mm-hmm. manifesting into this reality? Or was it an entity playing games with you and it does happen and you yeah. do have malevolent beings out there or 
beings that not necessarily malevolent. Maybe they don't mean you harm, but they do have fun at your expense. And the reason they do so is because they can. You're tapping into their realm and they're saying, well, if you're going to tap into my realm, I'm going to tap into your thoughts mm-hmm. and I'm going to play off of that. <laughs> yeah. and just, I believe just, some spirits are bored. Yeah, they, they can get bored. And, and <laughs> the thing is, is it, if something's contradictory to you, it can seem that it's evil or malevolent, but does that necessarily make it malevolent? It's bringing up things that you don't necessarily want to hear or acting as something you wouldn't want to see. But in its nature, maybe that's just what it does. And it doesn't mean it in a good or evil way. Maybe there is no good and evil in its its mannerisms. Maybe it just is. Yeah, that makes sense. All three of those. I The, the first two, you know, or the, you know, the first one I thought about, you know, like, Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is her or, or, you know, a part of her and it, and then my my imagination or my subconscious, you know, or maybe it's not even evil. Maybe it's just something just that could play off of, you know, myself. And so that definitely gets me thinking. Absolutely. It's something to ponder on. I tell people all the time, reflect on it, take time to think it over and let it marinate for a little while. And sometimes you'll have synchronicities that happen from that that'll give you signs of what it could be. You have to pay attention to the synchronicities. Ironies usually mean something. So if you see something and all of a sudden say, wait, that, that's kind of synchronistic and then see another <laughs> thing. It's it's something out there trying to give you a sign to let you know that you need to be paying attention. So That's my entire life is it one big synchronicity. <laughs> Well, then pay attention to it. There's something trying to be told to you. You might not know it yet, but you will discover it. But no, we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, Daniel, any last thoughts? No, I just thank you very much for, you know, for playing with us and for sharing. And and we hope that this helps. Yes. And thank you guys for bringing me on. I was really happy to share my story. So you guys have a great night. You as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Very powerful stuff, Dan. I mean, I I think that we gave her some perspective to really think of the different options of what it could be. Um, You know, it it is one of those situations you're not going to be able to tell for sure. But I know that I have certainly seen people subconscious manifest in reality. And it's so good at doing so that you don't realize it's you doing it. And it can seem so alien or foreign to you. Meanwhile, it's just a projection of you. And that very well could be what had happened in this case. Yeah, she was really sweet. And I I love calls like hers and stories like hers. And um, I do think we gave her something that she can, you know, ponder on over time. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to add another participant here as long as I can figure out what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) folks we've been trying some new things on adding participants to the calls Um, as you know last time it just kind of went crazy on us and it didn't want to work out the right way but we still made it work and it made for a really great episode so if you missed that out there folks I ask that you go back we had great conversations on alien visitations and UFO sightings we had a very powerful premonition story where a woman's brother's were murdered after she had a premonition very similar to tell her that, which linked to other crimes in history and some other very powerful moments. So if you missed that, I ask you to go back and check it out. It was a powerful and great episode. And tonight's certainly so far running smoother. We bought some cables and forms, or cables and some different things for our platform here so that we would 
be able to go about it a different way. And then the damn thing doesn't seem to want to work. So we had to figure out another plan last minute. And it actually is working better than I expected. So we're going to try to bring on the second caller right now. And I believe, Daniel, you said this was a husband and wife? Uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. Boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. So um, I don't know anything about these two. Daniel had uh, discovered these two, and uh, we're going to bring them on the show, and let's see if we can reach them. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. Hi, this is Freighter Crow from Celestial Oddities Paranormal Guys Podcast. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Daniel, can you hear our caller? Yes, I can. Caller, can you hear Daniel? Hey. Hello, hello. I can hear both of you. Beautiful. Okay, so we're cooking tonight, folks. All right, so caller, if you don't mind, feel free to introduce yourselves and jump right into your story, and we want to thank you for coming on tonight. All right. Um, well, my name is Diana, and um, what is it that you want me to share? Anything that you feel is a pivotal encounter of a, something strange and unusual that's been kind of life-changing for you. Paranormal, esoteric, supernatural? Sure. Um, so I've had a couple encounters as a little girl, and now I am echoing. So I do apologize here myself. Yeah, yeah, you are cutting in and out a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to make sure. She's just echoing a little bit. I don't know why we're getting a relay, Freighter. Yeah, we shouldn't be. I'm not sure. Yeah, levels are the same for both of you. Hello? Yeah, can you still hear us? I'm good. Um, So, nope, I am. Okay, well, I'm just going to talk and lower the sound down for me. But um, so basically, as a little girl, I've always had very. Uh, cosmic, you know, extraterrestrial experiences since I was a little girl. And um, I didn't know it was actually different until I got older. So I used to think it was always normal. Um, So I guess as a little girl, I saw this, um, I was outside by myself and this girl appeared out of nowhere from the sky and she was very tall and she seemed to have like a suit on and, um, she had told me if I wanted to see God. And at that time I didn't have a clue who God was. I was only six years old and I said, yes. So she knelt down and she kissed my third eye. And next thing you know, it it turned into night. So it was daytime. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it was dark outside and I was next to a tree. Um, afraid to go inside because it it came, it became dark. And I thought my parents, um, would be mad at me because I was outside for a very long time. And so um, I went home and well, my mom found me and she was like, what are you doing out here? And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't come home. Um, She wasn't angry at all. She was very happy with me. And she's like, don't worry, don't worry. And it was dark outside. (laughs) So I didn't know. And then um, as I got older, I started during the awakening process of me researching stuff. Um, I searched it up and, you know, whatever girl I saw outside looked like a Palladian. So close to a Palladian, um, that was one experience. And, um, I also saw a lot of 
UFOs, um, ships everywhere as a little girl, which I thought they were very normal. Um, I just thought it was part of, you know, this earth and I never questioned it. And as I got older, I started questioning it. So there is more, but that's partial of the beginning. <laughs> no, that's very powerful. Uh, where, where were you? So whenever you had encountered this woman who obviously had kind of put you into a, a time warp of sorts, where were you in location to your home? Um, by location in my home, where like were you city? in the, like out back or like were you close to the home or were like you near the woods? Like what kind of like territory? Well, it was a, it was an apartment complex and there was nature behind it. So I was in nature and um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't in the woods or anything. That that was just one encounter that I had and um, yeah. No, very interesting. And the reason I asked that is I wanted to see, was it something that happened like, you know, right out in the open or was it something that kind of happened at least a little tucked away? And the reason I ask about the woods as well is a lot of encounters that people do have, especially ones that I've noticed during, you know, the day hours are usually either in the woods or very close to a body of woods or at least some type of forest area. So that makes sense. Um, do you do you recall how many hours, if you had to put it into a number, how many hours you lost in that? Because time loss is a very big thing with alien visitation where six, five, six hours can go by and you have no recollection of where it went. How long do you think you lost? I think I roughly lost around seven hours. Wow. Because okay. I remember having lunch and going out and suddenly it was dark. And I, I don't, it wasn't dinner. I, I recall it being strictly lunch. And when I went back in, it was dinner. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it was, it was, it was behind the, the apartment complex. And there was, there was actual trees and nature as I remember. But yeah, that it, it, it was, um, it was a very strange experience for me, and um, everything, well, as a little girl, everything was actually, I didn't know what was strange. I knew I was different, but I, I didn't actually know what I was. What was strange. Um, so, you know, the, the experiences itself, when I had them, um, I would always recall that I would jump through time very fast, and it, it was just, you know, it, it's kind of like I'd lived through, at the age of three as if things were deja vu in a sense um, where I would see things happening before they happened and it would pass, it would happen so rapid that I, I would, I would be aware of, um, of it, but I knew that everyone else around me weren't aware. So, um, and <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't know what was as just terrestrial or not, but I've had many experiences. No, that's very profound. Daniel, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, I'd love to weigh in on this, Diana. Thank you for sharing. As you know, I'm, you and I know each other a little bit, you know, and I'm big into the concept of extraterrestrials and what I call star family. So a couple of things here, uh, very exciting. I love the time dilation. I've had uh, similar sort of um, experiences in the past where I was taken, but when I'm taken, I don't actually lose time. I feel like my body feels like I've lost time, but... When they take me, I'm I'm taken, and then they bring me back within like a split second of the moment that I was originally taken for. So they time dilate me back to the uh, singularity point 
where I was taken so that I'm not actually missing, say, for example, seven hours. <laughs> so, yeah, they just fold it over, you know. Now, when you talk about the Pleiadian woman, there there are a variety of different uh, female humanoid races from Pleiades. Right. And most of the females that have had open contact with us as humans here are usually from Taigeta. So the Taigetan Pleiadians are a predominantly female race that makes open contact. And whenever somebody shares their experiences with an ET race that's making face-to-face physical contact, whether it's like the Zetas or they're reptilian or whether they're insectoid or avian, I always like to tell people that when you have an encounter with a very specific being like that, that's generally your star family who's just checking up on you and they might be assisting you in sort of energetic spiritual ways, but you more than likely originate from that star system in terms of your starseed origins. So it's highly probable that you're probably played in yourself um, right. before you incarnated here. And right. then um, another thing, just to, just to touch on a lot of people don't know this is that there's actually about 500,000 extraterrestrial races that look exactly like human. Right. So when we, see maybe like a blonde or even a brunette that looks like the depictions of Pleiadians, it sometimes actually isn't Pleiadian. We have Alpha Centauri, which is another, um, it, literally they're exactly like us. You you couldn't tell them apart from human if they were, if you walked by them at a mall. But they, they have, you know, cool sci-fi spacesuits and they look sort of angelic at times. So there's a lot of races that look exactly like human that do visit us um, in our star from our starseed origin. Um, just another thing to consider that it, it more than likely is probably Pleiadian, if that's what your inner voice tells you, what your intuition is. But there are a lot of races that look human as well. I wanted to just put that on the air because it's a misconception that a lot of people don't, don't know. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I know that um, felt a lot closer to Syrian um, versus Palladian, but um, have lots of um, remembrance of Palladian time. And um, I actually connect with Palladians a lot with water. So that's how I know that the Palladians actually connect a lot in my heart. So, it, you know, it could be there's other, you know, I didn't know about a lot of this, but all of these things were new research for me always I had the experience and then the aha comes afterwards um so it's all natural for me. I, I I never had like my family none of my family ever had any encounter or any they're, they're very normal and I always thought I felt I was different than them. like I was advanced in some way or, some, or another because I had a, a particular gift where I felt like I could stop time and, or I can speed time. Um, and that particular had to do with you know, very natural gifts that I had since I was a little girl. And I would always pause and see everything happen before it happened. And it kind of felt like a speed in the movie, kind of like you're going through a vortex of some sort. And um, the, the itself, it, it, you know, I didn't know what was natural. Um, so what was normal, I always thought I was normal. I just was, you know, kind of perceiving time as it is. Um, but yeah, no, there was another experience that I had. Thank you for the information. Um, so not too long ago, um, was it 2019 or 2000? Um, 
some somewhere there. I, I went to Sedona and I decided to walk the the trials the trails there. Um, and I went to Bo- Boynton Pass Vortex. And I walked roughly around three miles there. And I you know, I felt the energy there. Um, it felt very, you know, uh, like I've experienced this before, some sort and while I was walking, it was me, my sister, um, and two other, they were all normal. That knows all this. I was walking. We walked roughly around three, two miles. I'm not sure how long that trail is, maybe two miles. Um, they were all tired, and there was no one behind us. It was a, a, a absolutely empty. And there, we were even talking. We were singing. We were humming. We were echoing. And... All we can hear is each other's voice and the echo. And then suddenly we get to the spot where we want to be at the end of the trail. And um, we all sat down. Suddenly, with 30 seconds, a female and a male came out of nowhere. And we're like, what the? <laughs> Me and my sister looked at each other. And she's like, where did they come from? I didn't see anyone behind the trail. And I was like, neither did I. And it was completely where they came out from with no walking path. And they, they're completely human, as you say they are. They, they look completely human. And um, they started talking in a very odd voice. So they're just like, kind of sound, sounded like African, but they're, they're a Caucasian. But it sounded like just the, that type of sound. And they kept um, jumping up and down. And looking at the rocks. <laughs> and I turned around. I, my, my son was next to them. I turned around. I tried to take a picture. And all I could see is a hat floating. And I don't even see them in the photo. Very interesting. And you were breaking up slightly during that. But I didn't want to interrupt you during your flow. But I think for the listeners, if they caught as much as I did of it, it, it still painted the full picture. Now, I did want to ask, did you say Sedona? Yes. It's very interesting um, because I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today in detail about Sedona. So that's just a weird synchronicity. But um, so, you know, I think that's a profound experience as well. And and, and I want to jump back to something you said because, and and we say it a lot because we're kind of programmed to do it. But you said, you know, I always felt like I was normal until I realized I wasn't. But that's looking at it from the perspective of someone else so i mean if you let's say you are of an alien race of sorts that came back or was placed here for a certain reason you're only doing what is innate to your nature by having these gifts of slowing down or speeding up time or warping and jumping through having premonitions of what happens before it happens so it isn't really necessarily not that you're normal it's actually 100 percent normal to who and what you are it's only odd when placed to some next to someone who doesn't have maybe those specific gifts but a lot of times, and Daniel will attest to this, and he's talked about this, if, if let's say you're what's called a walk-in, um, I, I go by different names, but we were talking about this last episode, um, and you've chose to come back here for one reason or another, and we actually kind of touched base on our last caller for a whole different reason than this, but very similar. Um, you could have placed yourself back here with an earth family who doesn't have those gifts, who would never experience or understand what it is that you have as far as gifts and what you're going through or experiencing. But that might've been the point because you change their lives in certain ways that you might not realize. And they in return do the same for you, but you were meant to be the only one in your clan 
that has that gift in this specific reincarnation. So you are doing what's normal to you, but the fact that you had have, have had so many sightings, so many encounters and visitations, even this last one in Sedona where they came out of nowhere, almost like they just portaled in, and then they're Caucasian but speaking in a language reminiscent of, of an African-type language, um, you know, that is very profound. That is them letting you see them, wanting you to see them, and giving you a sign of some sort, trying to tell you, like, hey, remember, you are maybe not who and what you think that you are. Dan, would you agree to that? Oh, absolutely. I I think you hit it right on the head. I was going to say that with your abilities in time dilation and being able to speed it up or slow it down, that's probably just an innate ability you have uh, in your starseed origin from wherever you, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, wherever you came from when you incarnated as Diana, that's probably something that's natural to you. Right. And um, one more thing I wanted to touch on with the with the people suddenly appearing and kind of acting strange or maybe speaking a different language, that same thing happens in Mount in Mount Shasta, California, all the time. There. Yeah, I think you cut out a little bit. You still hear me? Are, yeah. There you are. You, I lost you for appear. a second. Hey, you hear me? Yeah, you said out in Mount Shasta that happens often, and then hello, hello. we lost you for like ten seconds. Yeah, people will actually say that other beings that look exactly like human will just suddenly appear on trails. And then, like, drop all kinds of, like, strange wisdom on them or give them, like, weird, really heavy, like, clues about their life. They'll say something that's kind of personal that maybe they shouldn't know. But it's usually, like, um, a precautionary sort of, like, uh, information or something helpful to them. And then they'll just, like, walk away and just vanish out of thin air. So I think that there are beings that actually live in our inner earth. And Freyder and I have talked about this in the past where – there are a lot, a lot of different um, extraterrestrial races and tunnel systems and also what I call is like the fourth and fifth density frequency band. There is also other density pockets inside the Earth itself where whole races exist right? that we've never heard or seen before. And they will sometimes come to the surface and interact with us. Right. And I totally agree with that. You know, later on in my experience um, with meditation, um, I was actually in a country you know, my, my first watch, I've always been away since I was little, but my actual first DMT trip um, was meditation, and I meditated, and um, I meditated for eight hours for constantly every day, and um, until I cracked my pineal gland, whoa, like the bullet in my mind, well, you know, the experience of meditation, so that happened to me. And then started tapping in, um, with save the earth inside, you know, our earth, there is another, you know, universe or not, not another universe, but another, um, you know, they're basically something that is not here and not the human, um, now physical human. And so I saw a lot of, um, and this is remote viewing education and, this is not like regular meditation imagination. Yeah. Again, I didn't have a clue um, about any of this stuff. I've never read anything. And I saw the, the earth. Well, underneath the earth, there is um, advanced technology and the advanced, advanced technology that they use 
um, is, you know, it, it, it has to do a lot with the energy from the sun. And they showed me the triangles and how it looks down beneath the earth. And they use it a lot from the triangles. Anyways, uh, back to the walk, um, as you said, you know, you call them walk-ins. I've had that experience about two years ago, um, where I felt like there was not that I felt I was also meditating. And then suddenly I started speaking a different language <laughs> and I went to my fridge and I tossed every, I don't know if this is off the topic. Let me know if it's off the topic. I, please stop me. No, you're good. Okay. Um, so I went to my fridge and took everything out because I felt like there was another body inside and it, it felt like an avatar and um i knew that that energy was very advanced um and the reason why i knew that is because i started writing and don't write i i write really slow and when i had that experience i started writing super fast and i it was very connected to my heart a lot of knowledge and also with reading books and understanding a little bit more about the the food here realm and what it does to the creator, which is my stomach. And so I went into the fridge that day. I thought I was going insane. Um, but I knew I wasn't because this energy body inside of me just started taking everything out of the fridge, being milk. I tossed me, I, I tossed everything out and I was in tears and I had a more deeper connection to the plants and animals and um, Mother Earth. And so yeah, that was one experience and it kind of slowed down after two years of my shock. And then now I, you know, I'm, I've grounded myself a little bit more. So well, it sounds like you might have picked up a certain type of frequency. Sometimes we can have, and it sounds, you know, when you hear these words, it sounds a little scary, but self-possession of sorts, where in, through meditative and transcendental states, you can tap into other consciousnesses, and, and maybe it's, you know, un, unmeaning to, you um, had this, either an entity or a frequency, tap into your consciousness. So whenever you came out of meditation, you were speaking a different tongue. You were looking at the world very differently. Food, things didn't make the sense that like it normally would. You were feeling for the plants and animals, as you said, because you tapped into this other section of consciousness, this other stream. And for a while, that will affect you. I, I do personally in my own practice, I'm an occultist, and I, I will do self-possession of entities, and I will actually use my body as a vessel and let entities take hold of my body. And it, it's not uncommon to talk in tongues, to come out of that with knowledge that you would have never had, to actually hear voices and things of that nature. So it, it is... Um, something that is actually more common than one might think, but that's what it sounds like to me is either something kind of grabbed a hold of you and tried to use you as, as a medium to talk through you or to let you experience that consciousness, or it just happened by chance. But I think that that's, that's a good option for what you experienced there. And one of the things I wanted to jump back to, and we'll, we'll finish up with this, is with the 
with the uh, walk that you had in Sedona, when these two came out, like Daniel said, it could be something from an inner earth civilization and it stepped through the doorway. And folks, if you're listening out there and you jump back to our sixth episode ever, which is a long way back, October 16th of 2019, we did do an episode on inner earth civilization slash hollow earth theory. Uh, great episode, so make sure you jump back to that. Um, you know, that could be a possibility, but also there are multiple dimensions happening at one time. And depending upon the frequency bandwidth that you're at, you won't see theirs, they won't see yours. But sometimes some of these advanced creatures can sense when someone of their own kind is nearby. So you walk down that trail and you happen to walk by these creatures living in their own dimension but guised by what we see as our dimension. So as you crossed their path, they sensed and knew, wait a second, one of our kind is nearby, and they hurry up and step through to let you see them. So it's side by side right now as I'm sitting in this chair. There could be a whole group of individuals living their life in a different dimensional stream, and we don't see each other. But some beings are able to multi-shift those dimensional frequencies to be able to appear in different worlds. Daniel and I have talked about this with Sasquatch. Sasquatch, I don't believe, is a regular cryptid animal that lives on this planet every day, all day long. I believe it it lives in its own dimension, but does dimensional shift into our dimension running around, and that's why we don't find them. That's why you'll see them running through the woods, and then they vanish because they're able to... to shift their frequency back to their dimension and step right back into it, and then all we see is trees and woods... But meanwhile, there's a doorway right in front of us. We just can't see it with our visual cortex. So um, I think that is a very good option of what you experience there is they sensed you. They stepped through and let you see them to say like, hey, we know you're here and now you know we're here. <laughs> that, that, that's very true. So, yep, that, you know what? You're right about the frequency itself, um, you know, different dimensions in the frequency itself. Um you know, you, if, if you can actually um, use all your senses, we can actually use all your senses, which you, you're you very capable of. Um, and that um, energy, frequency, remote viewing, all these other, you know, it, we can choose to see them. It feels like an imagination itself, but it's not. It's actually if that, you know, you, you advance yourself in. Um, and, and it through, again, past as you mentioned, you know, being starseed. Um, and, and then that, that vibration, these different worlds, different quantum worlds, um, all created, um, as I say, through thought as well, but it is there. Oh, it is. And, I mean, there's, there's uh, I, I can't jump into it tonight because it's too detailed and we have to wrap this up. But if you're <laughs> listening out there, folks, there's something called hemisync. And hemisync would be the study and use of being able to sync specific, you know, the, to be able to align the two hemispheres of your brain in a attuned frequency and matching them. And it, it gets very deep and we can talk about it another time. But by doing so, you can actually tap into remote viewing, lucid dreaming, astral projection, um, prophecy, and much, much more. Um, by using that manner. So it definitely can be done. We can learn to be able to be much more than we are now. Now, Daniel, any last thoughts before we wrap up the call? I, I just want to make a general statement that I really resonate with everything you've said 
and I, I appreciate your call a lot. This is right into alignment with what my beliefs are, what my understandings are, and on things are, and a lot of your experiences are very similar to mine. So I think that that's in a sense why you people like you and I are friends and why we connected so well on online because um, I just I share very much so your experiences and totally understand with um, the way that you grew up and, and how you're perceived by the other people in your life and what your abilities are. It's actually very familiar to me. So I really appreciate you sharing. Yep. Thank you. Well, not a problem at all. Well, I'd like to thank you as well. And I know our listeners will certainly love to hear what it is that you had to share with us. Other than that, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take Bye. No, another set of profound stories, Daniel. I think that uh, you know certainly there are things trying to reach out to her and let them let her know, hey, you are not one of these; you are one of us. Right. And uh, I see that. I, you definitely think the Sedona experience was it was that. Like I said, whether it was transdimensional shifting from the inner Earth or it was just another layer that we can't see through, it had sensed her, jumped through, and said, you know, we're here. See us, we see you. And I think that's definitely what happened. Yeah, she's really cool. Her and I are friends on Facebook, and I've talked to her privately quite a bit about things like this in the past. And um, I think that she's very in touch with her multidimensional cosmic self, and it bleeds into her her 3D human incarnation quite often, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, when, when you have those innate abilities, things notice it that are beyond human, and a lot of times they will visit us. And as you know, the more you tuned you are with your frequencies and your abilities, the more that you are going to experience in your realm and in others. I mean, when I started really working on my consciousness, of course I had greater connection to spirit and deities and different things of that nature. But that's when I had more alienistic experiences because I never had that. I had my first UFO encounter sighting, which was one of the most profound experiences of my life about four years ago. And that didn't happen prior to me really raising my consciousness. That's right. Absolutely. Well, let's see if we can find the third caller here. Folks, we want to thank you for listening out there, and hopefully you're appreciating the stories. We have one more caller for this evening. We're going to try to reach her now, and then afterwards I have a write-in that someone sent us with a pretty cool story that I'll read to everyone. Uh, That's one thing I do want to remark on if you're listening. If you're somebody who has a story but you don't have the time to physically join us or you're not comfortable having, you know, coming on the air, um, you can actually type up your stories and from time to time we can read those for you and and you can remain anonymous if you'd like. Absolutely. If you want to come on the show and talk it or send it in, we can use your name. We can use a made-up name. We can use just anonymous. That is fine. But anybody that wants to send us your stories verbally or uh, textually and we read them off or come on actually be on the show, we encourage both. We love to do so. So feel free to reach out to us at celestialoddities at gmail.com. Again, that's celestialoddities at gmail.com or celestialoddities radio Facebook page or Instagram and we will always get back to you. Those two pages, the Facebook and Instagram, are ran by Natasha Sarver, who is our uh, you know, creative director for the radio shows that we run. So much love to her for all that she does. She will reach back out to you, or if it's something specifically addressed to Daniel or I, she will reach out to us, and we will certainly give her the response for you guys. So uh, never hesitate to reach out to us. We're going to go ahead and try to call our last caller of the evening. This is going to be some Samantha, and let's see if we can bring her on the line.
and we're just waiting to see if she answers, folks. If not, then I have a story to read in the meantime, and we can try to call her back. Well, we're waiting for her to answer the call. Like I said, go back and check out, well, check out all of our episodes. But if you check out episode six, that was a great episode talking about, you know, a little bit of what we talked about, which is hollow earth theory and inner earth civilizations, which is a very strong subject in itself and something Daniel and I certainly love to kind of deep dive into is we love to talk about all these subjects. Um, they're all fun. They're all illuminating. But there's certain ones that are, that are certainly nearer or dearer to our hearts than others. I had a lot of fun with that one. Well, Samantha did not answer, so while we wait to try to call her back a second time, let me go ahead and share with you guys, Daniel, if you're okay with it. I'm yes, going to share do. what a uh, listener sent in to us. It's a little longer, but I will do my best to capture it the best that I can. He did not give his first name, and I will just go with anonymous, but this gentleman sent. So this all happened about a year ago. It was a cool summer night, and I had decided to make the 30-minute drive from my house to one of my friends to spend an evening doing what friends do, talking nonsense, sharing stories, and playing some Xbox. I had arrived at around 6 p.m., and the sun wouldn't be setting till about 7.30. We greeted each other, and I said hi to his girlfriend, who was there for the night as well. We proceeded to relax and make idle talk about the various happenings of our week. Somewhere in our small talk, the paranormal came up, and his girlfriend told us some crazy stories about her previous house she lived in, which was apparently very haunted. The conversation grew deep as we discussed these things in all of our experiences. None of us denied the existence of the paranormal, but we never exactly believed it entirely either. Myself, I had previous experiences with kitchen cupboards slamming on their own every night, and that was about the extent of what I had experienced. My friend's girlfriend had told us some crazy stories, so I have no doubt she believed, but she had never seen anything. With the sleep discussion, or excuse me, with the deep discussion, I felt the energy become heavy as if we had spoken too much about it. Eventually, at around 7.30 p.m., with the sun setting, we made our way outside and quickly got a small fire going and proceeded to sit in idle conversation. This is where it gets weird. My friend stayed stays in an off building from the main house. Now his building has its front door facing the front gate and the main house is about 20 feet to the right of his house sitting parallel but with the front door facing the side of his place. From the main house front door there was a small veranda and a fence that ran from the veranda to the side of my friend's house with a gate at at the end against the wall. Now, just before the gate, there was a big shrub blocking about five foot of the fence from view, the only bit of the fence you couldn't see through. So as we're sitting there with my back towards his house, and it's 90% dark at this stage with with him and his girlfriend sitting facing me, something keeps telling me to look to the left over my shoulder along the fence to the very dark veranda and front door of the main house. About 15 minutes before this, my friend's sister had come from the main house with a blanket over her shoulder and a polka dot nightgown and came to chat with us for a bit before heading back inside the main house. Now my friend and his girlfriend are both watching videos on their phone, and I keep glancing over my shoulder into the darkness. 
Eventually, I glanced over my shoulder to the front door, and I see my friend's sister appear out of the darkness of the enclosed veranda and walk slowly along the fence towards us. I watched her clearly for those 15 feet of walking before she got behind the shrub that's before the gate. When she was out of view, I turned back and continued browsing my phone, thinking that she was coming to chat because there was no doubt in my mind it was my friend's sister. So five minutes go by and she never came to chat, but I had already forgotten about it, engrossed in my own various social medias until my friend's girlfriend frantically starts calling for her sister. I ask her why she's all freaked out and calling so loudly for my friend's sister, and she tells me she saw my friend's sister appear out of the darkness of the veranda, walk down the fence, and when she got to the bush and went out of sight, she never came back out of the other side. She never made it to the gate. Now, realizing I had just witnessed the exact same thing because I never saw her make it past the shrub and through the gate either, she now... So now we are all run through the gate and look down the fence behind the shrub and there's absolutely no one there, just darkness. So now we all go back and sit down freaked out about what we both just saw clear as daylight. 20 minutes after this, the veranda lights turn on and my friend's sister opens the door and comes down the fence to us and we told her what we saw. It was an exact replica of my friend's sister, even with the blanket over its shoulders. She confirmed she hadn't been outside at all, and it was true because neither of us saw the front door of the main house ever open, even though what we saw came from there. I don't know what me and my friend's girlfriend saw that night, and I don't know why we both saw the same thing, but several minutes apart either. But that one experience was everything I needed to see to make me believe in the paranormal and spirits. I'm a firm believer now because I cannot deny something I saw clear as day and watched it walk 15 feet before going out of sight and never reappearing again. And I also believe this was brought on by the strong energy that we had created by discussing the topic so in-depth. Another thing is I was only sitting about 10 feet from the gate, so I was easily close enough to make out all of her distinguishing features and the exact clothes she was wearing. The only thing that was off when I think about it was that when it walked, it had no weight to it. It gave the impression of taking steps, but almost like it was gliding across the ground at the same time. And for my friend's girlfriend to see the exact same thing, I don't have any right to deny it. Thanks. I think that's a wonderful story. Thank you to the listener out there that sent that in. Very powerful. I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he sent us that from Africa. Um, So awesome story. We appreciate all of our listeners around the world that send us these stories or they come on the show, that is an interesting one because obviously it's a premonition or a spirit of some sort that matched something they seen earlier in the night and later in the night. She came out, she talked to them, she went in. They both seen a vision of her again, the exact same replay of the same vision, but separately and several minutes apart. And then later the sister comes back out again. And it's like in between, that's strange. I've heard a lot of ghost stories. I've seen a lot of paranormal activity. But for two people to have the exact same encounter minutes apart that actually matches a living person, clothes-wise and appearance-wise, is definitely a little unique. I mean, I've heard a lot of paranormal stories, 
and a lot of ghost stories, and I have a hundred of my own, but that's pretty bizarre. That is pretty bizarre. I'm not sure what to exactly make of that. If almost it was like a Matrix glitch where she was there and something, whatever energies were going through that area at that time or something. Like an overlap? Like an overlap. Yeah, like it actually happened, but then it glitched and an image of it happened, and then it glitched again and then an image of it happened, and then it, it it got back to where it was supposed to be, almost like a record that catches, and it's like, huh, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then it got back on track again. Well, it did it, and then it took several minutes for it to glitch again, then in several minutes it came back to where it was supposed to be. So they happened to be just at the right place at the right time to see a visual skip, a visual glitch, but it happened twice, and he only seen it once, she seen it once, but they both had the exact same experience because it was literally the same experience her coming out of the door walking along the fence carrying the blanket over her shoulder or whatever it was that he said and then walking past the bush into the darkness and vanishing so very interesting but that's the only thing that i can give as input that i feel like it was some sort of glitch in the matrix no yeah that's pretty awesome actually very interesting now let's try to call our caller one more time And if we reach her, great. If we don't, then we might have to try to catch up with her another time um, because we have her number, but she did not answer. Could be like our caller last episode. He was coming to us from France, and uh, I want to be all fancy there. He's coming to us from France, (laughs) and um, he's like, I took off work tomorrow and everything. I'll be there. Don't you worry. And we called him like four times and he never answered. He got a hold of me the next day pissed. He's like, I'm so sorry, man. He's like, I fell asleep. It was like four in the morning here. He's like, I fell asleep. He's like, I'm so mad at myself. I says, we'll have to get you on again sometime. So at some point, we might have to reach back out to him. But let's see if we can reach our caller. And let's like it's like she's here, but she's not here. I'm not sure what this thing's doing right now. Let's just try to. There we go. And we are attempting to make contact. (laughs) I like that. Well, folks, I think we might be missing out on this one. It is ringing, but nothing is happening. So all I can do in this case is send her an emoji of a hanging (laughs) wreath. And a reindeer. <laughs> there you go. And have a good night. Merry Christmas, Samantha. Merry Christmas to you, Samantha. Thank you. All right. She and now it's not even letting me get rid of her. She's like hanging around. Uh oh. Um. I don't know. Whatever. So anyway, folks, hopefully you enjoyed the stories that we had to share. Or I guess the stories that our listeners had to share. I, I very much enjoyed them, um, as I always do. I love deep diving with Daniel into content matter. I love bringing on people and interviewing them. But you know, something that's near and dear to me is hearing from each and every one of you out there. So never be shy. This is, as Daniel would say, a safe haven for you to come and tell your stories without judgment to hear some other perspectives from two people very versed in their own fields that will more than happily share with you what their thoughts are and give you some perspective and you know bounce ideas back and forth we love we love the stories we love hearing about the different encounters and it allows us to catalog all that we hear 
to try to continue to connect bridges and doorways to the different occurrences that happen out there to make a better understanding of the supernatural and paranormal. So thank you to each and every one of you that listen, that call in, that send in your stories. We truly, truly appreciate it. Other than that, Daniel, anything else you want to throw out there tonight? Yeah, as we have a couple of extra minutes here to close out, I do have a couple general announcements I'd like to make. Uh, as we are nearing the holidays and we have, uh, let's see, one more episode coming up here this month. Um, we are hopefully, with you know the best intentions, going to have a special guest. Friend and I'm friend of mine named Faust, who runs his own podcast, his own radio, his own show on YouTube called Far Out with Faust, which is a show that I absolutely love, where he brings on guests of his own, and they they discuss a lot of things about the universe, about disclosure, about you know what's happening in the world from an alternative view, um, alternative medical science, lots of interesting things. Uh, I really hope to bring him on the show and talk to him about the paranormal and the esoteric. So uh, stay tuned for information about that episode, which would be on December 22nd. Yes, that is correct. Thursday, December 22nd, 8.30 p.m. to either 9.30 or 10, depending upon how long the episode runs. So make sure you check that out. And once again, you can listen to that on Spotify, Deezer, Spreaker, CastBox, Google, Amazon, you name it, we're on it. Once again, if you have anything you would like to see us do, do differently. Anybody you'd like to see us have on the show, topics you'd like to see us discuss, or you have a you know a story, as we mentioned, that you would like to share with us and have us read out or have you on the show, you can do so at celestialoddities at gmail.com, or you can message the Celestial Oddities Radio Facebook or Instagram once again. Thank you to Natasha for all the work she does for the shows. We appreciate it. We appreciate each and every one of you. We hope that you have a wonderful and safe holidays coming up. Enjoy time with your families, no matter what you celebrate. And whether you, you know, follow Christmas or not doesn't matter. What does matter is the time you spend with those you love and do so and capture those moments while you can and just enjoy them. So please have fun with your families and be safe. That uh, next episode is the 22nd, like we said. And then after that, we have two more episodes this season, which is January 12th, or excuse me, January. Let me, see, let me see here. I might be wrong. Oh, the 5th of January and the 19th of January. The 5th of January will be our last topic episode of the season. We're not going to tell you what that topic is just yet, but we will be deep diving into it. And then on the 19th, we will have one more call-in episode. We really focused on call-in episodes this season just because, as we said, we love them. So make sure you tune around, you know, tune in for those. And in the weeks in between, we have the last few episodes of Knights of the Nephilim for this season. Other than that, I want to thank you, Daniel, as always, for coming on this evening with me. And uh, much uh, love and happy holidays to you as well, brother. You too, my dear friend. I absolutely love our show, and I look forward to the next one, bro. Absolutely. Well, listen, we love you guys out there. Be safe. Happy holidays, and we will catch you next time.